Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday Miracle <laughs> edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. That's the show. That was close. Yeah, would have been great. That's the show called Curb Your Enthusiasm or Seinfeld that we just did a whole 15 minutes on right there. We should tell LD about it, about what just occurred and just see. He'd be pleased. I bet he'd run with it. He'd I think he pleased. would side with me. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, he'd be with me. I'm surprised that has not been an episode yet, to be honest with you. That was when I, mean, I felt like that's as close as I'm going to get to having a real conversation with LD, what we just yeah. had. I think there's certain rules, and they were not followed. It's fine. No. We'll, we'll move off of it. Um, it's, is it a win? I got to tell you what. You know what? Uh, I'm mad at you. Why? Because yesterday you're like. Oh, coach is up. we got to oh, go. Oh, coach. What a Here's Coach Stefanski to be continued. I'll start with their offense. Obviously, a, a great player at quarterback. The offense goes through him. As you can imagine, he's outstanding. In the run game, in the pass game, can can make plays within the offense, can make plays with with you know outside the framework of the offense. Uh, so a huge challenge, and, and somebody that we've played against, and uh, you know you have a lot of tape on him, you have a lot of uh, practice reps going against him, but he's just a different challenge uh, than you get most weeks in the NFL. Great players around him. Uh, the tight end number eighty nine is is outstanding, uh, as we know. He, he's a really really productive player. Uh, so the, the scheme presents its challenges, and, and they're surrounded by good players uh, and a bunch of new players. There are some some new things that they're doing from a personnel standpoint, but they're doing a nice job defensively. Uh, you know, first year coordinator, but Mike McDonald have, has been there, so uh, some similarities to what they've done. But you do see his. Uh, Imprint on on their defense so far. Obviously, a small sample size, uh, but they're uh, they're doing a nice job. They still have some big, physical football players up front. They're healthy at corner uh, right now. Uh, previous to last year, they're healthy at quarter with 44 and 24 um, manning the outside, and, and some really good young talent uh, in the back end linebackers that can run. So challenge schematically, uh, good good defense, and then special teams. It's uh, they're well coached. They've got a great returner. Um, and, uh, you know, some just good football players across the board in, the, in their coverage phases. So uh, everybody has their work cut out for them this week uh, when you're facing this team. But excited for the challenge of a, a division game on the road. With that, I'll take any questions. Kevin, outside of, of potentially Deion Jones, have you discussed any other personnel changes on defense? Uh no. I mean, Dion, we're, we're hoping that he gets up to speed this week. Um, other things would be just seeing who's available, that type of thing. Um, Wyatt didn't sound very optimistic about Sunday. Are you ruling him out? Yeah, I mean, it's doubtful, I would tell you. Uh, you know, I don't like ruling guys out on Wednesdays. Uh, so we'll see how treatment goes and those type of things. But he'll continue to rehab and, and try to make it back. Um, with Miles. You know, he said after the game he was confident that he'd be able to play Sunday. He's not practicing today, um, but do you still feel like he's on track? To play? I do. Uh, is, is Kellen Mond Lamar this week, and is he the scout team QB every week? Uh, we, it's a little bit of everybody week to week. Josh Dobbs takes a lot of those reps to give himself, get himself ready and, and stay sharp. Uh, so you'll get a little bit of all those guys. You may take some 
other players put him back there on certain plays just to really uh, work that speed element of it. So uh, w- there's a bunch of guys that will try to fill that role. Have you had a receiver in the past? We have. Jacoby Brooks, well, first off, here's the first question. We know that Jacoby uh, talked to the team after the game Sunday. And of course, I don't expect you to tell me what he said. <laughs> were you in there when he talked, or was that after? No, you- we were on there. Do you think those kinds of messages work? Do they can they, do they carry over, or, or how do you look at those? Yeah, I would just tell you, Jeff. Whenever a player speaks up, players listen. It's and it's you know this is a peer-led thing. Uh, Jacoby's seen a lot in his career. I know he's a young man still, but he's seen a lot. So I think it's important when he does speak up. I, th- I think the guys do listen. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is a matter of doing. You know, we do need to just follow through uh, on, on all the things that we're talking about. Kevin, on the subject of players stepping up and leadership and things like that, uh, JJ3 said today that he doesn't feel like everyone is on the task at hand when they're outside of this building. And, you know, you can't teach self motivation, but do you agree with that? And, and how. You know, how, how do you get the team to uh, invest that extra time away from the facility? Yeah, I, I've, I've talked to John and I've talked to the leadership group and talked to a lot of the young players. And, and this is, uh, you know, you, you do want these guys to take their jobs seriously. This is a this is a job at the end of the day and you got to spend time with it when you're in the building. You got to spend time away from the building. So there are young players, of course, that you're trying to teach them how to be a pro until you teach them. There are some guys that don't know. So. Um, like most teams, you have young players that you're bringing along, but uh, I think the guys do a good job of pouring everything they have into these weeks. And, uh, you know, we we fill up their day and we fill it up with whether it's meetings and walkthroughs and practice and lifting and rehab and those type of things. Uh, but there's also an element of this job that you do uh, stay committed to it outside of this building. How's Lamar gotten better as a passer? Yeah, I mean, he makes pl- – <laughs> He's good. I mean, he makes plays from the pocket. He makes plays outside the pocket. Uh, he, he spreads the ball around. He doesn't target one area of the field. He doesn't target one player. I think he spreads the ball around. I think he's he's accurate. The ball comes out on time. Uh, you know, he's just dangerous because, like I mentioned earlier, within the framework of the offense, it's a well-schemed-up offense. And when you have the quarterback that can carry the ball and become that, you know, the, the defense has to account for him in the run game, that's difficult from a run fit, and I think every team that plays him uh, understands that. And then when that same guy can beat you from the pocket with his arm, it presents all sorts of other challenges. The thing you said about everyone uh, staying committed outside the building, do you think that's just limited to rookies? Do you think you have some veterans who are exhibiting that kind of commitment? No, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, Tony. I think you know, my message to the team when, when you're – not uh, producing how you want to produce. We all have to do our jobs, and then we all just have to do more. Uh, I think it's do your job a little bit better, but let's let's do more. What more can we do? Phillips was talking about that earlier and said that like preparation for the next day's practice is that something that's needed? You know, like like if you go home and you like part of that preparation is that something? That's I think needed? it's it's probably a little bit different for each position group, Marla. And I think again, I think having vets in each room to show the guys the way and I think is really important I think as coaches we are play a factor in that and giving guys projects to homework to do so to speak Uh, so it's just I I think so often in my career just watching young players as they come this league 
they're really raised by their room in a lot of ways. And when you have a room with some veterans that can show them the way, I think that's ideal. You said earlier in the year that sometimes you have the guys like write down on a piece of paper what they want to get better, bring it in the next day. Is that something that continues throughout the year? Or is that just really an emphasis in camp and then you just hope they do it on their own? Yeah, I think it, it's definitely a big emphasis in the off season in terms of skill uh, development and, and that type of thing. Uh, I do know that as the season goes on, some of the most important work you do at practices during that individual period where you're just refining those skills. So uh, I don't think any of the players or the coaches uh, assume that guys are as good as they're going to be technique-wise when the season starts. I do think that there's an ability to get better there. Yelda, the guy at right guard, why I can't go? He's an option, yeah. There, there's a bunch of different guys that have played in there. Um, Yelda was a guy, obviously, that finished out the game and uh, last week, but we'll kind of see where we go this week. If Wyatt doesn't play, it's the thing you missed most He's not out there, just the physicality he brings to the right game. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. Uh, he, Yeah, he's uh, good in the run game, good in the pass game, has played a lot of good reps for us, played a lot for us over the last few years. Uh, the Ravens and their, their takeaways, they've got eight interceptions, which I think is third or tied for third in the yep. NFL, four four fumbles or something like that. Um, defensively, they might not be the best pass defense statistically right now, but what about the fact that they're taking it away? Yeah, I think uh, they're doing a really nice job, Mary Kay, and, and they're doing things a little bit different uh, than they've done maybe in years past, uh, just some of the percentages of certain coverages they're playing and those type of things. But at the end of the day, they have the uh, players to play at all. They can play man, they can play zone, they can play all different versions of zone. Um, and I think they're doing a nice job when they're visual on the quarterback uh, they're breaking on the ball. They're tipping the ball in the air, coming down with interceptions. So uh, a bunch of versatile players in the back end. Is, um, you talk about options at right guard there. What's going on with Chris Hubbard? Is he healthy? Can he? He's healthy. He's really playing more tackle for us right now. But he, but he has played guard. In he has. Yeah. yeah, but in this instance, I, I still think he's a tackle for us. They've had its problems the last three games, and yet two of their best games last year were against the Ravens. How much do you look at that, and how much do you show that to the players? Yeah, I mean, of course you watch a lot of that, Tony, uh, and, and so do they. Uh, you know, they, they look at the tape to see how we tried to defend them, uh, so they're going to have their uh, adjustments off of that. We look at it, see what worked, what didn't work. Um, you know, just getting back to earlier, it's a unique challenge playing the Ravens. They're, they do things different than, than most offenses that you're going to see on a week-to-week basis. So it is very specific to that week. Uh, and then it's just kind of incumbent upon us to have a plan that our guys can go play and play fast. What do you need to see out of Jadavian this week to, for him to be able to play Sunday? Yeah, he's coming along. You know, he's, he's rehabbing very hard. He wants to get out there. I think you got to just see him practice and make sure that physically he can go be himself. When you look at Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, you know you go into that game knowing those two guys are going to connect and, and find each other, and you're spending hours trying to stop that connection. How are they still able to kind of overcome that week in and week out? Yeah, I think every team goes in trying to shut them down, and I think realistically that's really difficult to do. You want to slow them down, obviously. Uh, at the end of the day, you want to score more points than their offense. Uh, but you you go into every time you're playing this offense and, and you have your rules and, and you need to tackle well and you need to do all those little things. And you also need to realize 
they have a really good, really good player at quarterback. He's a great player at tight end. They're going to make their plays. Can you limit those? Can you limit uh, the big ones and, and tackle and get them on the ground? Can you, uh, you know, force them into some negative plays? But to say that you're just going to go and shut them out, I just nobody's done that. What have you seen out of the Ravens' run defense, especially against Saquon last week? And schematically, um, are they similar at all to what the Patriots did to you guys? <clears throat> Uh, schemat- uh, some similarities, yeah, definitely some similarities just with five guys in the line of scrimmage. Um, they're physical, they're, they're big, um, uh, obviously powerful, Matabuke, Calais Campbell in there, uh, good players on, on the edges. Um, but th- they're going to ro- – they uh, play multiple fronts. They pl- play multiple coverages. Uh, you know, we'll see what their plan is for us uh, and, and vice versa. But th- they're, uh, it- it's a stout front. Lamar's had four interceptions in the fourth quarter this year, I think. Last year, you guys obviously picked them off four times. Do you see that there – you go to the game expecting there may be opportunities to to get the football from him, you know, create turnovers, that sort of thing? Well, you- I think you try every game. I mean, you're trying to take it away. I don't think you want to go into a game just trying to let them give it to you. That just doesn't happen, I think, mentality-wise for the defenses. They have to go take it away, whether it's a strip – you know, on a sack, a strip on a tackle, a punching of it out, tipping a ball, you know, breaking on a ball, those type of things. I think you have to have that mentality that you're going to go take it away. I know you don't want to say what Jacoby said, but can you say anything about just the emotion or the moment that house did feel like a important moment or anything? Again, I have a ton of respect for Jacoby, as does the entire team. Uh, so when one of the, the, the leaders in the football team speaks up in any setting, uh, the guys listen. It, it's, a, it's an important part of leadership. When those guys feel like they want to share, they share. It's been something like last year it was slow going until you got to that Ravens game, I think. Um, I know guys have talked about them being contagious. I know you guys drill takeaways so much. Like, Is there anything more that, that can happen to create those or manufacture them? Or just we're, try, of like- I mean, you're, we're trying. Every team's trying to get, get the ball. It's a, such a huge part of, of this game. Uh, getting more opportunities for your off- scoring on defense, getting opportunities for your offense, setting an offense up for a score. I mean, it's, it's a, a formula for winning across the NFL, obviously. Uh, and you can win games where you don't take it away. It's just it becomes more difficult. And then it's very important for the offense to take care of the ball. But in terms of, no, you can't speak it into existence. So what, what can you do? You can work it at practice. You can drill it. You can emphasize it. You can watch tape. You can talk about it in the meeting room. Good. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Coach Stefanski at the podium. What was your beef with me? Yesterday, you were like, "Ah, this is in the brochure with the weather and and all of this." Two um, days in a row, I, I'm not pleased. This is far worse. This is what you Sleet. have out here today. This is gross. What's the opposite of apex? The nader. God, I hope that's right. I feel it like is. it is. You nailed it. Every once in a while, every once in a while, give the kid an enormous B. What a job. Every once in a while, that private school, it all comes home and you get a nader. That would have made that would have made not Pedro very proud. Well, I think you and him are going to be in for some things, so it's good that you can stack some good feelings <laughs> yes. at this point. Um, this is the nader. The lowest point in the fortunes of a person or organization. I love that. Or city's weather perfect this is the nader yeah of this is it it's not snow it's Mm. not 20 degrees i'd prefer snow of course you would this is it this is what you would call a wintry mix
Ugh. and this is pure trash. Yeah. What is it? Like 40? And it's if. rainy, snowy, if. slushy, gross, windy. Feels 38. How many of these days do we get in a year, Gibby? Too many. Far too many. This reminds me. This looks like March. 39 Ugh. degrees this feels like 31. What happened yeah. in March? It used to be a really great month. Let me introduce you to hell. This is it. That's yep. it. We're here. This is it. Yep. Every other weather that we have, I can, I'm can. i fine with. You can live with. I understand it. Continue to live in the north. Perfect. Humidity, fine. Don't love the rain, but this is it. The good news is it's the last day of it for this week. Tomorrow, yeah, we know 49 and cloudy. We're staring down the barrel, Friday, Gibby. 70s for the weekend. Yeah, the weekend's going to be amazing. This is probably the last great one. Now, of course, I think when we go to Baltimore on Sunday, the weather, not so great. It's supposed to be 70 here Saturday and Sunday. Uh, rain and 66 on Sunday. In Baltimore? Yeah. Oh, that sucks for you guys. But it's going to be wonderful here. I plan on thriving. Both days. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. The Nader. What a mm. job. Um, Thank you. All right. Coach Stefanski addressed some of the issues. We're going to get to those coming up next in terms of who's in, who's out, uh, anything else that stood out from that. We have some roster moves as well to get to. We'll get to all of that. We're off and running on a first Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Injury updates as we turn the page to Baltimore. Not practicing today. Among those, Joel Batonio, Jadevian Clowney, Jack Conklin, Amari Cooper, Miles Garrett, Hag, Teller, Ward, all down uh, as we start here on a first Friday. Concern level for all of those. All over the map, right? Yeah, so now you're good. there we go. All right. Uh, I would expect Batonio to play. I do believe Clowney will play. Conklin will play. Amari will play. Miles will play. Not sure on Haig. Teller, I believe, will not play. And Denzel Ward, you never know what the way the protocols are, so I have no idea. Are we still in the same protocols concussion? I know that they were enhanced after the Tua stuff in terms of identifying. Yeah, no, they but still it- are. But the protocols who once are, you're in them are the same. People who are cleared, I don't know. It feels like it's more stringent. People who are yeah. cleared are still somehow in the protocol, so I don't. I don't yeah, I don't know what's that. going on here. Like with no. that, it feels like that got changed on the fly after the yeah. after the Tua thing on the Thursday night. Um, the Teller loss is a big one. You felt it in the game on Sunday. He's one of the best guards in the league. Yeah, he is one of the best guards in the league. Yelda Froholt did an excellent job, and I would expect him to get the start again. We heard Kevin Stefanski say he's one of the options. The others would be, you know, Mike, Michael Dunn would be an option, a Drew Forbes would be an option. But my guess is that Yelda Froholt, who has been very very good for this team this year, would would be the one. Um, Miles would be obvious. Miles and Clowney together. That's it feels like a must against Lamar. So if that's trending in that way, that's about as big. Yeah, as well. it's hard for me to. It's interesting when you think about our defense and you think about think about NFL defense in general right now. Um, you are in a way prisoner to what the other offense is capable of. Yeah, because everything is done is rigged for the offensive side of the ball ex- to an extreme nature, and so in a sense you are kind of at the mercy of the offense. Um, the one thing about the construction of our defense, though, that was that was known, and we've got a lot of problems on that side of the ball, it's been well documented, we also needed our great players to be great and to be available. 
So you need to have Miles and Jadevian there a lot. It's a big drop-off from those two to who's next. And the same would be true of, of Denzel Ward. And this is of no fault of his own. He can't help that he's in concussion protocol. I'm not suggesting that. But part of this defense being great is Denzel being one of the best cover corners in the league. Yep. And this year, he's not been that. Correct. So those are things that for this defense to work. Now, you still have the busts and the mix-ups and all of those things. But some of that stuff would be mitigated had we had – Clowney and Garrett every single Sunday and Denzel playing to the level that he normally is accustomed to playing to totally and you think about just the matchups last year with the Ravens Miles Garrett and Clowney combined for three and a half sacks Miles had a sack strip fumble touchdown and the Browns win over the Ravens Clowney had a tackle for a loss Miles had a tackle for a loss Denzel had an interception so yeah those are those are principal players and guys that you need to play at a high level for you and you have not had their services as often as you would like nor at the level in the case of Denzel Ward that was probably expected and so all three of those guys have missed at least one game Clowney's missed three you know Denzel has missed one uh, Miles has missed one so it's been it's been tough in that regard and yeah you've got your hands full with this Baltimore Ravens team that is very very good they are very good and when you kind of dive into the numbers you say to yourself you know they obviously probably much as we do think they should have a better record than they actually do they've blown three leads they have led for more than 45 minutes a game on average they have trailed for on average two minutes a game which is the lowest figure in the nfl you do the math real quickly they've been behind for 12 minutes all season so i yeah that's that's stunning i i didn't watch their game against the giants i know you did you you rewatched it this week but from a I, I was able to have them on in, in a second screen nature in their loss to Miami and their loss to Buffalo. And in both those instances, I believe that I have this right, that the the opposing teams did not lead until they won. Right. Yep. Yeah. They. I mean, they've scored first in every game. They have not, they have not trailed at the end of the first quarter, second quarter, or first quarter, second quarter, or third quarter in any game this year. It's crazy. And they somehow have three losses. And they're three and three. Yeah. 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 No, they, they, they are good, and, you know, Lamar's been sensational. You talked about this yesterday in terms of, of what he is um, in the fourth quarters of games versus what he is in the first three quarters of games, and maybe there's something to that a little bit. They did bolster their team. They added a veteran free agent, Deshaun Jackson, to the practice squad yesterday. It feels like they are a home for that type of situation. Yeah, and, and Deshaun Jackson's a guy that I thought was an interesting candidate for the Cleveland Browns, to be we honest talked with about you. Uh, yeah. I don't expect him to be much of a factor this week unless they want to get him in there and run a few go routes. He can run I think five goes. The biggest thing for them is getting Rashad Bateman back. Uh, that's who they really, I think, need back on this offense, and you can. there's been a big decline without him the last couple of weeks. From a health standpoint in the backfield, what did, what did they get last week out of Dobbins in the run game? Did they get anything? No, so Dobbins rushed for, I think, seven times for 15 yards last week against the Giants, and they said that his knee tightened up on him, and so mm. you didn't even see him really in the second half of that game. The guy who was their leading rusher was Kenyon Drake. He had a season-high 10 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown against the Giants. So that's 11.9 a carry. Uh, the touchdown was a 30-yarder. It was the most rushing yards he's had since week 6 of 2020 when he's a member of the Arizona Cardinals. He had 164 against Dallas. And those of you who may remember the name Kenyon Drake would go, Ugh. back in 2019 on the Browns' trip to paradise, he ruined it. He had 22 carries for 137 yards. Not one, not two, not three, but four rushing touchdowns in that game against the Browns. So I would expect you're going to see a lot of Kenyon Drake in this game. Yeah, Dobbins has yet to play a full game, and Drake's 100-plus yards was the first time a back had gone over 100 yards for the Ravens here this season. 
By the way, he has been under 30 yards, right around 30 or less in every other game. It was a little bit of an anomaly. They have not been a great rushing football team from the running back position. They are averaging 155 yards a game rushing. Lamar Jackson himself is averaging almost 80 at at 8.1 yards a carry. No big deal. Yeah, none at all. Um, We had a couple of things I want to run by both of you guys from a sports perspective. You had the Guardians losing last night in New York. Great season for them. Um, I was having a back and forth with a buddy of mine who was like, um, you know, when when do we get a win? Like, we keep hearing this is the best, such a great, smart front office. When do we actually get a win a championship to be considered that? And and I said, I understand where you're coming from. I understand, like, being upset about it. But I would also say that that is not a sport where everyone's playing the same sport. No, uh, not, that, not that the equal The are, are not even in the same vicinity. And then I was thinking to myself, are the Royals the only, since the money's gotten crazy the last 15 years, are the Royals the only franchise that won the World Series with completely almost homegrown, developed guys? They won it in 14. They had this they, little window they where they World won it. Series like the next year, Yeah, too? they went. And they won it. I can't remember the order of it. Yeah. They either won it and went or went and won it. But they did win the one, and then they were right off a cliff again. Were the Giants like that in their most recent run? I feel like I they, feel like they spent. Were but they weren't, like, they weren't like Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox. No, they no, uh, it's I feel mostly like they homegrown for, for them, probably. While. Yeah, they had the one that World Series like every other year for, I think, they won three of them out of six. Yeah, I, that's a good. That could be. I, do we? It's hard to me, for me to imagine the Giants is like a small market. It's not a small market, but I don't know so, if it's a. But I don't know if they spent. I don't. I can't recall. Team. I don't follow it close enough to to know I mean, if they yeah. spent a lot in in free agency or not. Yeah. Um, you also have tonight the debut of the Cavaliers. They open their season in Toronto um, against We the North. So uh, you have that one tonight. Let me ask you this: Were you aware? Or at what point did you become aware that the NBA opened last night? Yesterday. Yesterday. Can you recall that in your sports fandom? Like, we do this for a living. I know we're NFL-heavy focused, but I have other things too. And I I was unaware until yesterday that they were opening the NBA season last night. I, I thought they were a week early. Normally, it's like around Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a little early. Yeah. I knew preseason had been going on. Right. But, that yeah, that was it. I, I do not for the life of me understand why it's too much. There's too much going on right now, man. You've yeah, got need it. you got all these shows. You've got all of these sports happening. Everyone is consuming the NFL. Then they're consuming college football. Everything else is fighting for table scraps. There's no reason to launch the NBA while you're still in the baseball playoffs. Yep. Wait three weeks if, if you have to. I would wait till December, but I have a hard time understanding why you're opening an NBA season on October 19th. There's no need at all. None. You had a doubleheader last night, but meanwhile, you've Celtics. got game one of the NLCS. You've got Indian or Guardians Yankees game five. Like, way too much stuff going on. I mean, we're talking the middle of the week. We're not exactly talking the weekend, which you know is going to be all football dominated. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it feels like at the very least, they don't need to start this until the 1st of November. Because it's too much. you got to wait till the baseball ends. You don't need to have all the football, the baseball wrapping up. I mean, I understand it's a niche sport, but hockey still – it just started last week too. It's too much. Like it's you're too fighting much. for the same – you know, pay attention to us yep. yelling. And too it's, much. There's too much going on. Um, so, I don't know. I, from the, uh, the Cavs perspective, like what, avoid the play-in game? 
playing games. Yeah. Be the you six, want to be the six seed or better. Four to six, win forty round between forty five and forty eight games. Is it seem about right? Don't you think they should be able? I I like them to do that. Don't you? Yeah, that's what I said. That's I think yeah. that's an expectation. Yeah. Uh, They're yeah. not going to be better. I, you I know, heard a great podcast on uh, Sirius XM's NBA channel involving them and. Their people were like, you have to be at least a six seed for it to be a successful season. You don't want to be in the, any part of the playoff stuff. Yeah, the, or yeah, the play-in, play-in nonsense. Yeah, so six gets you that. You got the Bucks, you've got the Celtics, and then like those two have separated. Then you have the Sixers, the Heat. Who am I missing? Sixers, Heat, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. with all three of those guys healthy. If they and take then the it's red pill or blue pill, right? Then it's a just then it's you and the Hawks for the six. So that's to me that seems where they ought to be. Yeah, stay healthy. Yeah, like it starts there. Yeah, going to be fun. They skipped a step in the rebuild. Usually you don't do those things. Usually this thing was going to be built piece by piece over time. Donovan Mitchell becomes available and you jump to the front of the line a little bit. New way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers is the fan club for dogs. We will meet the Ravens coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey, friends. Bo here for my friends at Renew Home Exteriors, offering high-performance products that are durable, long-lasting, cost- and energy-saving. They'll transform the look and efficiency of your home. The winter can wreak havoc on your roof. Ice, snow, buildup can quickly turn into a major problem. Don't get into the winter with concerns about your roof with Renew Home Exteriors. Get a new roof installed in about 7 to 10 days for no money down and payments as low as 96 bucks a month. Plus, receive free gutter guards with your roof purchase. Beautify your home with premium siding and roofing products at lower prices with Renew Home Exteriors. Visit them at RenewEstimate.com. And now time to meet your 2022 Baltimore Ravens. They are 3-3, three and three, tied for first in the AFC North. Dr. Z. All right, the Baltimore Ravens on offense. The name you need to know, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, the MVP of this league in 2019, 40 and 15 as a starter, 5 and 3 against the Browns for his career. Last week against the Giants, 17 to 32, 210 yards, one touchdown, one pick, one lost fumble, 77 rushing for the season, 62% completions, 13 touchdowns, only six picks. He had 16 passing touchdowns in all of last season in 12 games. Got 13 already this year, 93 rating. He's also run for 451 yards and two touchdowns. He's averaging 75 yards and 8.1 yards per carry, both the most of his career. Now he's thrown a pick in four straight games and five of the last six with six on the season. He's taken two or more sacks in four of six games as well as Lamar. But it's really been a tale of two seasons for him. The first three games, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, 119 rating. The Ravens averaged 33 points a game. The last three, three touchdowns, four picks, 69 rating. 29th of the league, the Ravens are averaging 19.7 points per game. He struggled against the Blitz the last three weeks. We've talked about his fourth quarter woes, his 56th rating in the fourth quarter, second lowest in the NFL, his four interceptions in the fourth quarter, most in the NFL. And so that's really how he goes they go. And his fourth quarter woes is what allowed some of these comebacks. Now, they are an excellent first down offense. They averaged 6.8 yards per play on first down this year, most in the NFL. They have scored first in every single game this year, which is a stunning thing. And then they've got a guy named Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, eight games versus the Browns in his career, 40 catches, 510 yards, seven touchdowns. All seven scores have come in the last six games against the Browns. He scored both times last year. By the way, that's the second most against one team since 2019. Devontae Adams against the Vikings has eight touchdowns. He has seven touchdowns against the Browns 
in his last uh, six games. That is, to me, bonkers. Um, for the season, 39 catches, 455 yards, five touchdowns, almost on their team. In fact, we said yesterday his 39 catches are more than the next three Ravens combined, who I combined for 30 eight of them. He's second among all tight ends and receptions and touchdowns tied for first with yards. By the way, he's tied or trailing Travis Kelsey in all three categories. Uh, Rashad Bateman, their first rounder last year, 11 catches, 243 yards, which is second on the team despite missing the last two games, averaging 22.1 yards per catch, second in the NFL behind Gabe Davis. He's got seven catches, 103 yards last time versus Cleveland, and the offense has been better with him. I mentioned Kenyon Drake coming off that season high, 119 yards and a touchdown. This is a good team. They can run it, 155.7 yards per game, sixth most, uh, 5.9 yards per carry. That is first, and they have 33 rushes of 10 or more yards, which is second only to the Browns 34 so that's who they are on offense it's a lot of Lamar Jackson it's a lot of Mark Andrews and that's really the way they do it now defensively so far this season it's a Baltimore Ravens team and if I could just add one other note real quickly sure their strengths have been our weaknesses they're the fifth scoring offense we are the 30th scoring defense in fact the stat makes me very sad to say out loud, only the Detroit Lions are giving up more points per game than the Cleveland Browns in 2022. Yeah, They are fourth in big plays. We are 29th in big plays. They are second in turnover differential. We are 26th. They are third in yards per play. We are 28th in yards per play as a defense. Just a complete 180 from last year. They're the sixth rushing offense. We're 24th against the run. Um, they're, they're a pretty good offense. I mean, their offensive ranks there in the top half of the league in every single category. Now, defensively, they are 28th against the pass. That's where they have struggled a little bit, and especially in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, the Ravens given up 552 yards and six touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. However, they take the football away. They have 12 takeaways this year, third most in the league. They're plus four in the turnover differential, second. They have a takeaway in eight straight games, the longest streak in the NFL, and they have 16 takeaways in that eight-game streak. So that is also most in the NFL. They have not allowed a single point. On a team's opening possession, only team in the NFL that that is true of so far. They mix things up. This is very different than what we've seen recently. They are not a huge cover one, cover three team. Uh, they play man one, 18%. That's 20th. They play cover three, 27%. That's 20th in the league. They play, they blitz. Cover zero, only 8.1% of the time, but that's fourth most in the league. So they will bring heat after you. Um and they play a lot of dime, 30% dime. That is highest in the league. Uh, their stars, they are without one of their big stars. Their big free agent signing, Marcus Williams, who came in and led the team with three interceptions. He has missed the last two games. He's on IR. He will not play against the Browns. And considering they're a dime team, which means they like to have three safeties out there, taking him out is big. Um, they've got two excellent corners, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. Safeties are Chuck Clark, Geno Stone, and then the rookie Kyle Hamilton's kind of that dime safety for them. Patrick Queen, who was down for a while, is having a heck of a season. Bounce back, didn't he? Bounce back in a major way, and they love to blitz him. And he has been very effective as a ru rushing the passer so far this year as Patrick Queen. And, and that's something that we certainly need to keep an eye on. We need to be sound in our protections. Uh, they won't. We'll see Justin Houston. He's missed the last few games, but still has good numbers on the year. But Queen, 38 tackles, two tackles for loss. Two passes defense. He's got an interception as well, and he has a forced fumble. He's got seven quarterback hits, which is most on the team, even though he is a linebacker. Uh, so he's had a very good year. 
Um, I mentioned Marcus Williams. He won't play. He's got three picks. Marlon Humphrey, two picks on the season. Peters has a pick on the season. Uh, combined, they've got eight passes defensed. Um, you've got Odafe Owe with a sack. Justin Matabuke, their interior, young interior guy, has got two and a half sacks. Justin Houston, the veteran, two sacks, but again, he hasn't played in three straight weeks. Uh, the rookie, Travis Jones, has a sack. Jason Pierre-Paul, the veteran's got a sack as well. They brought him in. Clayus Campbell, two sacks, six quarterback hits. So a lot of veterans, not a ton of new faces, and that was really true of them on offense. I was trying to look at the guys that are new, that contribute. Kenyon Drake, Demarcus Robinson, but he's got nine catches for 76 yards on the season. Morgan Moses, their right tackle, but he left last week with a heel injury. So that'll be a weakness. If they bring in Patrick McCarry or Daniel Foley, that'll be a big weakness for them at right tackle. But back to the defense anyway. Calais Campbell, Matabuke, Travis Jones, they're big, big up front. Yep. They can get after the quarterback, and then they've got, as I said, Queen at the second level, Malik Harrison, the former mm-hmm. Ohio State Buckeye, Josh Bynes, and then the back end is where they're good. Humphrey, Peters, but their pass defense hasn't been good. It's kind of stupefying, but they've got a lot of guys who have been very accomplished in this league. How's Kyle Hamilton doing there to start the year? Solid. I'm surprised that Geno Stone's playing over him, to be honest with you. Third-year player out of Iowa. He's playing more snaps last week. For example, Clark played all 64, Stone 48, Hamilton 29. Marcus Mm. Williams is supposed to be the free safety. Hamilton always supposed to be the third safety in their dime package. Very interesting there. They are a product of consistency and stability, and it's remarkable that this is now 15 seasons for John Harbaugh, he's 151 and 99. They've won in a bunch of different ways with him. Oh yeah. Um, I think what really going back to the drafting of Lamar and that rookie season for Lamar, when there was a lot of you know questioning whether Harbaugh would be back. He was a lame duck coach, which nobody wants to be, but he had no contract beyond that year. He coached in that year. They were great. They went to Lamar, and he was open enough to switch his philosophy on what he wanted to be offensively, and has won with it. At, yep. at a staggering amount, um, they're ultra concert. They're ultra. Um, the the consistency is just admirable because they know what they are. Um, even in this, you know, Wink Martindale leaves as a defensive coordinator. So Mike McDonald comes in. Mike McDonald had been with Baltimore since 2014. He goes to Michigan for one year. In the one year at Michigan, transforms their defense. They beat Ohio State for the first time in forever. Yep. Um, he's got two great defensive ends in Ajabo and um, I'm bl- the kid who went number number one overall. Why am I blanking? The defensive end at Lions. Hutchinson. 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 Yeah. Um, so he has those two guys. He changes the defense. He comes back. They're different. They're not great to point right now, but it's a familiar face. And a nor- they're not having to relearn things all the time yeah. is the point of it. They know no, who they are. Totally. They draft to it. They're one of those teams that every time I see their draft, I go, I mean, I can't. I did this with Queen. I did it with Hamilton. I loved them both coming out of college. I did it with Lamar. Anybody but Baltimore with Lamar. But I just kept, just please, not Baltimore. I don't, I didn't know if he would be totally. great, but I didn't want the up. I knew that the ceiling was really high, and I didn't want it in the division. Go anywhere else but here. Um, so they draft well, they develop well, and they have stability. And it's led to just a ton of success for them. It sure has. They they have been, like you said, they have been consistent, and that stability has been good for them. And defensively this year, really it's the turnovers, the takeaways have helped mask issues in the past defense. They're bad in the red zone, 26th red zone defense, 25th overall, 20th scoring, 28th against the pass, but they're 7th against the rush, 12th on third down, tied for 11th in sacks, tied for 7th in big plays. So they don't give up a lot of big plays, but they just haven't been great, honestly. They have not been a great defense. And even watching them against the Giants, you know, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey both coming back from injuries. Yeah. 
they're not quite the same. They're not quite the same. No, I, I would also say this for them, and a little bit of defense of, of their record, they have it hasn't been an ambitious schedule. Yeah. So they beat the Jets. They went at the Jets week one with Flacco. Then they, they lose to the full-throated Dolphins with Tua and Tyreek Hill and all of that. They were up big in that game, and Miami comes all yeah. the way back and wins at the end. They beat the Patriots by 11. Um, they were up big on the Bills. I want to say it was like 20-3. to three. And the Bills come back and win that one game, that game right at the end, twenty-three to twenty. They beat the Bengals head to head, and they lose to the Giants late. So they've played a much more ambitious schedule, for example, than we have. If you if you look at their next few set of games here, um, they they have us, then they're at Tampa Bay, at the Saints. I mean, there's an opportunity here to really get healthy after you get done with us and the Bucks because it's at Saints. Who knows what they'll be? Then it's Panthers, Jaguars, Broncos, Steelers for them. And then they close with uh, here, play us here, then Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and the Bengals. That's the the rest of the schedule. So they've played their toughest stretch already. That's been done. Which is good for them. It's great for them. Yeah. 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 Um, And from a special teams perspective, they have Justin Tucker, who's the best to ever do it. Um, Gibby pointing out a new punter and long snapper this year, however. Um, Look, if they have a chance at a field goal, he makes it. Like, that's just it. That's it. Yep. It is um, from a Browns you know, potential road trip. I love this one. You got a lot of so airports fun. to fly into. There's a lot of ways to do Baltimore. You can do actual Baltimore or you can do DC area. You could do Annapolis and go out to the Naval Academy. You have that working for you. Ton of great restaurants in all of those places. The stadium is awesome. It's great. It's a great environment. It really it is. is great. It's environment. intimate. Every, yeah. every seat is sensational. Yeah. It's loud. Yeah. They know who they are. Um, you know, they were doing the, the Omar thing, the whistle last oh, yeah. time, last year after his passing. Like, they, they do all of the little stuff right. They do. You got to give them credit. Ozzy comes in the booth 30 minutes before kick, wishes you luck. Does he really? Like, literally shakes your hand, gives you a hug. Good to see y'all. Welcome. You guys good? Everybody, y'all taken care of? Yeah. Okay, good. Good luck today. He's a Crab cakes guy. at halftime in the, in the press box. That's a win. It's a win, dog. The, a fine media. Yeah, I, I, a yeah. there's a lot to be ad- that's admirable about the way they go about their business. Both Why did you get a dirty look for that? Not because – what? put two and two together. Saying different experiences in different places. <laughs> huh. Sorry. Different experiences in different places. It's not about you, Gibbe. I love the uh, – I also love the, uh, the harbor experience there. A lot of great yeah. restaurants down there. Azumi. It's a fantastic little bar we did some damage in last year. We played on Sunday night. Yeah. The horse you came in on, Saloon. That's right. That's the name of the joint? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great name for a joint. And it lives up to the hype, my friend. That whole area. That's pretty good. Is it Federal Hill? Yeah, Federal Hill. Great area. Great, great nightlife. We've had a a nice, uh, we had a nice dinner at Azumi with Mr. Modley a couple years ago. Modes? Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like a Nobu type spot right on the water. Perfect. Great. Yeah. No, I like it. I, l- I like a lot about it. Unfortunately, uh, there's a lot to envy because they a, a lot of this stuff has been very smooth for them over the last 20 years or so. Um, and they've got a great team this year that I think is – they feel better than 3-3. Three and three. Yeah. <laughs> Quite frankly, they do. They're beatable. And they look better than that. No, no, for sure. And there's we have some of the things that are required to beat yeah. them. Um, but you wouldn't argue that this is, the, is anything other than this is the best team we've played, right? To this point, I think that's probably right. Certainly, the best players. 
I mean, because the Chargers, for whatever reason, they're not like this team. But this team is for whatever reason also not. They're not they closing, be. but I've seen more greatness out of Baltimore. Yeah. In their games, and I've seen. I haven't seen. Sure. I don't know that I've seen the Chargers great once. Be dominant yet? Yeah. I well, agree. they, they I played the Chiefs, and they were good from a yeah, lot of that game. Yeah, they should have won that one. Yeah. They were good for a lot of that game. That's kind of the only window you have into them being really good was that Chiefs game. Other than that, it's been largely uneven for them. Yeah. Whereas this team, even in their three losses, for the majority of the games, they've been the better team. They just, yes. For whatever reason, they were, are not clutch in the fourth quarter, and they've lost to some good teams. Yep. So that's where that stands. All right. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, the great Bernie Kozar is going to join the show, as he does each and every first Friday. That's coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Oak's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. And now we head out on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by mm. Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. And we welcome in the newest Hall of Famer, the greater Cleveland Sports Hall of Famer last night induction. Well, Bernie, what took so long, man? Why do we got to wait till 2022 for this? Well, I don't know, Bo. I tell you, it's been an awesome last uh, 24 hours between getting honored at the Cleveland Hall of Fame last night. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to start tearing up on our interview here, but that was it. Was highly emotional. It was cool. Kind of thought with the way the Guardians game was going to go yesterday that it would not be as festive an atmosphere as it was yesterday. But to do that last night. And then to be in Pikesville, Kentucky today with Governor Andy Bashir of the great state Commonwealth of Kentucky. It's been an awesome last 18 hours. What are we doing in Kentucky, Byrne? What are you, what are you doing the apples down there? Um, I'm creating agriculture entrepreneurs. We call it agripreneurs. And Let's go. You know what? We, we repurpose, we repurpose uh, closed coal mines. So one of the things that's been through my kind of health and uh, rejuvenation has been kind of learning a uh, holistic eating and food is your medicine. So fruit and vegetables has been a big staple in my, in my diet and the, the fossil fuel global warming climate change thing has also been a big thing in society. And those two worlds really met when I found a, 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 a closed coal mine. And when I did the science of it, the science of it said that the apple trees should be able to really grow there. And in Appalachia here, before the coal industry started in 1900, this was really a farming community. So to be able to revitalize these communities, these families, these people, and also reinvigorate and revitalize the pollution in the land, the air, and the water, I'm just so fired up to be a part of this. That's awesome. That is awesome, Bernie, and we're happy that you've got so many awesome things going on because right now, Bernie, it's not been awesome with the Browns. <laughs> Losing three in a row. <laughs> kind of what's your assessment right now just of this team and, and, and what it has to do to get back on track? You know, the, there's, there's a couple points to that, one of which is, 
you know, we're, uh, we're talking even about us here at the start of this, this interview here about the excitement. You can kind of hear the excitement in our voice when we're talking about whether it's the Hall of Fame or helping the community, helping out people here in Appalachia, giving back like that. From the football side of it, that's the, that type of confidence, that type of belief, I really believed we had that early in the year. One of the things that's kind of showed up to me the last week or two is a little bit of maybe self-doubt in ourselves. So having a little bit of maybe not having the confidence, not having the belief in ourselves, um, maybe thinking a little bit too much out there and not letting our physical uh, gifts, our physical abilities take over, um, I think that's one part of it. And then second, the second part, um, from a physical standpoint, we are undersized right now, defensive tackle, a linebacker. And when you're playing with a lead and you're winning and teams need to throw the ball to catch up, we're really well suited to, to get after the quarterback. But when they have the lead or it's a run-type game, the, the physical running game, um, we're having troubles with stopping just like a lot of teams still are having trouble stopping us. So when we fall behind and we don't get into our running game, like what happened last week against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, um, I thought Kevin Stefanski, his answers are, are to me so crystal clear. He goes, you know, I don't go into any games thinking I'm going to get Nick Chubb just 12 carries. That's not the goal. But when we fall behind like that, we're not the, we're not the team that's able to throw it throw it all the time to get back in there just like we're probably not the defense that is best suited to stop the big physical runs running teams and that didn't help us last week against the Patriots and that makes it a equally if not bigger issue this week against the Baltimore Ravens and stopping Lamar Jackson and their running game because eerily eerily similar um, as bad as we may feel a two and four the Baltimore Ravens aren't exactly festive at three and three, and they've had equally somewhat similar issues this year with their football team, like we've had with ours. Bernie, one thing that we're seeing, and it's such a departure from what we saw last year with Joe Woods' defense, is we're seeing some real busts. Uh, we saw it in the pass game earlier. We've seen it in the run game of late. We saw it both, quite frankly, on Sunday. And one of the things that I, I was curious about from your perspective, when, when it's just not – have you been on a team where it's just not going right? And it doesn't make sense because the year before it all went right. And when you're on something like that, how do you change – change direction how do you how can you get it back on the rails these games come at you so fast is there time for deep dives in the middle of all of this i think it's tough i think it's tough to do wholesale deep dives at these points of the season right now i i do think though when you you have these type issues and i know there's there's been a big crusade to, to crucify joe woods and and some of the coaches and stuff but there's a balance between the coaching and us as players making plays and you know I, two weeks ago i was i was one of the guys that said hey maybe we should look at playing a little more man defense pressure defense get guys around the line of scrimmage and denzel ward and greg newsom maybe better suited for that man type defense well Coach Woods played and called some of those fronts and those defenses last week. Called some of those blitzes on the 31-yard touchdown run by Stevenson on third and 10. I want to crucify Joe Woods, but he called a weak, a strong safety blitz 
in the five or seven gap to the weak side, right where Stevenson was running. We had two guys rushing in the wrong gap, opening up that that void, that hole for Stevenson to unfortunately get in there and take it to the house for a touchdown. That's actually a good defensive call to call a blitz right into that run. We had guys that on paper should have been in that gap, but as players, we didn't get ourselves in that correct position. That happened multiple times in the game. Um, we were playing tight man coverage on on Hunter Henry's touchdown where uh, Delphit had man coverage but took a quick peek in the backfield, lost yep. his footing, and ends up having a guy wide open. That's not a bad defensive call. That's not a communication issue. That's been some of the two focal points that we've wanted to crucify players and coaches for so far this year. That was neither of those two there. So, you know, it's it, it's a situation now where when those type things start happening, um, as much as I like to be creative, as much as I like to be complex, as much as I like to keep the other team guessing about what I'm going to do, sometimes when you have these type of issues, sometimes it's really better to go, and I think of Marty Schottenheimer right now, let's go back to basics. Go back to basics, blocking, tackling, making sure we're in our right places and right assignments. And sometimes that comes with the the simplification of some of the defenses and maybe the simplification of some of the things in the offense. And offensively, um, I think we're a top five offense so far this year. Our ability to run and physically take over games has been, by and large, better than we thought so far this year. So trying to work out some of the kinks offensively while trying to somehow, some way, the old Jimmy Johnson line, get things more simplified and rectified from a defensive perspective. It's essential for this week. All right, Bernie, we're going to have to talk about some some things that aren't pleasant because what you just mentioned right there is good defensive call, guys not in the gaps they're supposed to be in, touchdown. Good defensive call, even you go to the one to Jonu Smith and J.O.K., Peaks in the backfield. He's got him man-to-man, lets him run free. Good defensive call. You wanted more man. Delpit's got Henry man. He peaks in the backfield, lacks the eye discipline. You have John Johnson. Did you hear John Johnson's comments today? No, I did not. Okay. So John Johnson today today in his his time basically said that guys are not – implied guys are not taking their job seriously enough. They can't wait. Oh, yeah. Well, Bernie, listen to it. Yeah, play just the one the one about guys getting out of here. Yeah, it has to be like a it's a commitment thing. Like when practice is over and our day is done, you can't just run out of the building and forget about, you know, your job. Um, I think we need everyone in this building to really like be 100 percent in on a on task at hand. And um, right now, I think we're at a place where that's not the case. So um, whatever we got to do to get as many guys if not everyone you know in on the same page i think that's what it is because that's the only way things are going to change all right bernie number one that makes me i am that infuriates me and i would imagine it would infuriate a lot of our fan base i'm sure it infuriates our coaching staff and it should infuriate the guys in the locker room that are not doing that when you hear that when you see these repeated mistakes being made in terms of assignments blown discipline what does that say to you about this team and what needs to be done to fix that? I'm stunned that professionals who had a lot to play for six weeks in the season, this is what we're saying, but here's, that's where we are. Well, I, um, I didn't hear, I didn't hear the, the comments too good because of the connection in that, but from talking to you and listening and, and kind he of said guys aren't a hundred percent, 
I'll just tell you, he's a guys are not 100% bought in. Guys can't wait to get out of here when practice is over. They are not 100% focused on the task at hand, and, and they need to be. Well, we got to figure out a way to make that happen. Well, that part about uh, guys want to get out of here after practice um, is the part I heard. And yep. to to your uh, to your statement of, uh, I'm almost in disbelief right now. And, uh, and on a radio show to say you're speechless is probably not the best thing to <laughs> increase ratings and stuff. But I absolutely am. And as I'm thinking about that, and I'm, I, I'm not trying to say back when I played, but back when I played, uh, yeah. As players, we ha- I believed, and me as a leader, I absolutely put had that responsibility. I believed on me. Yes, I would have loved some of my coaches and front office people to have set that culture already so that that unequivocally could never happen. But if that is happening, and I, I don't think I really ever sensed that uh, on some of the teams I was on, but – to a degree, uh, the one or two times that it's vaguely flashing into my head, the, if the if you didn't get a concussion and lose your brain from the game, I absolutely would from this. And there, there's nothing more that would drive me crazy. And as, as a player, um, I believe it's on us as players. You, if you think that's happening, there is no doubt you have to go and address that to the exact players, to the guys, because you're affecting – all of us and right now if they care that little about what's going on um as a player i would yeah i would hope the coach would have done it. i would hope the front office would have done it but as a player i'd be all over that and as the team the good teams i was on players police themselves and police the guys from doing that and actually and actually there would be all kinds of ramifications for for players that even considered that was a possibility and that leads to the question, right, do, are we at a point where if this is going on that maybe we need to sit down more talented players for guys who are perhaps less talented but will actually just do their jobs and, and are taking it, giving it the full commitment to send a message? Because well, otherwise, what's the message, right? If you can go out there and play every snap and continue to blow assignments and blow coverages but you keep playing, what incentive is there to get better? Right. And, and um, again, I like to look at myself as a player – I looked at like it from a player perspective. When we were players, we would say we played better when we were happy. We played better when we were comfortable. We played better when you were nice to me. None of that's true. Um, <laughs> players, we do play better under anxiety. We play better under pressure. We play better when we need, have more expectations. And to long-winded to your point is almost by making an example um, you almost have to because guys, guys, if they're not studying, if they're not preparing, if they're not doing the job, they they need to know that they're not going to be out there. That tends to that tends to get pick up your level of play because guys aren't going to buckle and play worse. They're not going to play worse if they think there's anxiety and that they they're going to uh, increase their effort level, their intensity level, and that's actually some of the things I think that's missing that was missing on our fourth and one failure and on some of the, the run play, the run defense, some of the, the intensity uh, isn't there that, that I'm not going to lose at any cost type mentality um, isn't there. And I think when you, when you, when you have apprehension to the possibility of losing your job, of not getting playing time, being demoted, of being embarrassed, um, 
uh, that is a motivator, and that uh, that that works more times than not. And we're we're showing that the conciliatory, um, nice, understanding thing for players and coaches that's that hasn't worked specifically the last few weeks. So I'm absolutely um, thinking that that's something that 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 should happen. I commend John Johnson for saying it, Bernie, because I don't know who else would. You are a natural leader. You're an alpha male. We talked about this on Monday on the show. I discussed this. Our best players, to no fault of their own, because I think it would be inauthentic if they all of a sudden were guys like you were, a leader, a vocal leader, follow me, that type of guy. Our best players are relatively quiet when you think about Nick Chubb or Amari Cooper on offense. Uh, if, If you think about Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward on defense, when Anthony Walker went out, in terms of somebody who's like, hey, follow me. It's the old Braveheart line, right? Follow me to freedom. Who's going to be that guy on this team? I commend John Johnson for saying it because I don't know who else would. It's part of the makeup of our team, right, in terms of where yeah. is that leadership coming from, Bernie? I think we miss a guy like Jarvis Landry, honestly. Yep. Yeah, Bo, well, you got to be goosebumps. I'm following you to freedom right now on that Braveheart. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and and you, you had a couple of really astute points, too, is, is – you have to be genuine if you are that type of leader. So uh, John Johnson, I could see, see him having credibility with it. You hit a, a perfect point, though. Um, Nick Chubb, Omari Cooper, they're a quiet lead-by-example type guy. That would probably not resonate as much with guys like that, that trying to be the yelling vocal vocal type guy. Although strategically, if it's genuine when they do, if they're – they're doing it that does tend to tend to work but veteran leadership missing like a Jarvis Landry absolutely is something that in these type times those type personalities those type of leaders those type of guys with those that type of worth ethic absolutely is needed it resonates better on 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 the guys Bernie what let's get out of here on a on a positive note yes it's Webster Slaughter's birthday today Give me your favorite game uh, for Webster in the wow. round. God, thank happy birthday, Webster. I love you so much. <laughs> and let me tell you that God has blessed me and you so much that there isn't just one of them. God, I'm thinking of the, the fade, <laughs> the takeoff, the beat the Houston Oilers on week 17 of the 1989 season where the if we won, we go into the playoffs. If they won, we stayed home and they went to the playoffs. Beating the Steelers in double in overtime, hit, hitting an audible fade down the left sideline to Webster, throwing back-to-back bombs of 80 yards to him against Houston again. God, Jerry Glanville <laughs> was great for mine in his <laughs> career. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely beautiful, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me my spirits up today. I yes, do what I Bo. can, brother. We Huge do what we beat. can. Make me one promise. I one other thing. If you ever do the guitar thing again, get the goggles. Goggles on, on Bernie. Goggles, goggles on, on, brother. Oh, goggles on! I was too motivated. I didn't know what to do. I thought I, I got my Pete Townsend going. I was going to smash it. <laughs> I know you were. We got to get I'm those sure, goggles, brother. Sure. You're too precious. Hey, so I'm showing my age. How many of the listeners know Pete Townsend out there? No, the, the 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 ones that matter do, sir. The That's ones right. that matter do. <laughs> uh, All right, the great, you great Bernie Kozar. Go Browns.
There he is, the great Bernie Kozar, joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Uh, great stuff there. There's nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns in Twisted Tea. It tastes just like real iced tea. You know why? Because it's made of real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing, 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and goal. Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Keep it twisted. We will uh, extend that and play some of those other bites from John Johnson. Yep. I, I think it was welcome. I think it was needed, and he said it. Uh, we'll have that for you coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. We'll be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 for your chance to reserve a spot today. Uh, we played uh, one of these in the, uh, the interview with Bernie there. So this is John Johnson from yep. earlier today. Um, let me pull these up. All right, let's just let's replay the one we already played, Nick. And, and start there in terms of guys running out on practice. Yeah, it has to be like a, it's a commitment thing. Like when practice is over and our day is done, you can't just run out of the building and forget about, you know, your job. Um, I think we need everyone in this building to really like be 100% in on, on a task at hand. And um, right now I think we're at a place where that's not the case. So um, whatever we got to do to get as many guys, if not everyone, you know, in on the same page, I think that's what it is because that's the only way things are going to change. He continued with even an example of what to do. Talked about maybe having guys over at, his, at houses for film sessions. Let's have a listen. Yeah, that's one thing we, we talked about. You know, and we have a leadership group. Um, that may be something that we have to do to make just make the environment like a little more loose than being at work. So um, it's a bunch of ways to skin a cat, and you know we've got to find a way that works best for us. Finally, he was asked, um, "Why do you think guys are running out of here?" Here was his response. Yeah, I mean. I honestly don't know, but you, you could say we're a younger team. I mean, but that's no excuse. You know, this is a, a big-time league, um, the top of the top. And um, it's, like I said, it's not an excuse. So we've got to find ways, however that may be. You know, the, the leaders on this team got to get together and figure it out, but we've got to change something. So this is coming from a guy who uh, wore the green dot in uh, the Rams organization that played for a Super Bowl. He was obviously not there last year. He was here, uh, but, but understands what it takes to – playing this league at the very highest level. And if he's saying these things on October 19th, that's a pretty big problem. Yeah, it's a massive problem. And like I said earlier, it kind of pisses me off. Yeah. And I would imagine that it pisses our fans off, and it should piss off the guys in the locker room that are not behaving this way. It should piss off their coaches. Like, this is the NFL. You are getting paid good money. This is your profession, and you really have to lock in. I mean, the great ones are probably locked in year-round on honing their craft, but, like, at the least, can you lock in for the season? Can you give me everything you've got for the season? Yeah, I think it's um, – I talked about this on Monday, and I we asked about it with Bernie too in terms of just the makeup of this roster. Um, there aren't a lot of – there's a bunch of alpha dudes in terms of athleticism, but there aren't a lot of alpha personalities. Mm -hmm. And that's a fine line, right? Like you can yep. go overboard on your alpha, and you have that in Detroit – Yep. Um, and it's not working, right? Yep. So that's the extreme of it. It feels like we're on the other side of that, where yep. I don't know. And I, th I think part of it, you know, you think about it, 
if you were going to point, go back a year ago and say, like, um, aside from Baker, who else had that? Odell, or I'm sorry, Jarvis absolutely had that. Kareem Hunt had that a year ago for sure. That he yeah. and has had that since he's been here. But I think Kareem, you know, Kareem wanted a new contract, and and so, you know, how is that? affecting all of it and it's not fair to just put that all on the number two running back it's not no but if you just think of like the guys who have that like hold you accountable call you out on your stuff john johnson doing it on the defense is welcome um i'm not sure who else has that in the dna and then offensively if it's kareem sounds like jacoby tried to do it but there's a limit to what he can do he's the backup quarterback he's a placeholder for deshaun watson so there's only so much he can do in that role why is it necessary it's necessary because not humans are made the same. Not all are made the same, and they all view things differently. Um, no, I mean, it. if it were, you know, a Madden game, it wouldn't be necessary. You would just go out and you do the things you're supposed to do, but everybody ticks differently, and it's probably one of those things in a personality test when you decide who you're going to draft. There's certain things you're looking for. I know that there's a lot for. put into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Delpit has that personality, but he's not playing at a level that I think would elicit – him feeling confident to give a response. John also said in that availability that Delpit called him on Sunday and said, that's the worst I've ever played. So he's trying to find his way a little bit. Looks like he's lacking confidence in what he's doing. That's been for much of the season. No, and um, I know he's accountable for it, and he's not pleased about it. He mentioned he called John Johnson. I know that that's how he feels about it. But And I, and I appreciate that, right? That's mm -hmm. better than a guy who's like, whatever. Yeah. But we got to clean it up, man. I mean, you go back and you look last year. I was looking, you know, when we beat the Ravens, we beat the Ravens once, we lost to them once, but not through no fault of the defense. Yeah. The first game against them, we had four interceptions. John Johnson, Grant, Denzel, Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison had a team I 14 tackles and one pick in that game he against the Ravens. shot out of a cannon when he first got And there. it's like, where's that? I don't know. The second game, Delpit had a team high 11 tackles. And he had, as I said, the interception. So he played. It's like, where, where has some of this stuff gone and for a guy like let's just take ronnie for example two years ago ronnie was one of our best defensive players last year was just a strange season for him and was not one that he played at the level that anybody i think expected mm -hmm. and he ends up you know missing at the end he's banged up a little bit former third round pick alabama flashes of excellence but you know the first team that drafted him jacksonville trade him to us mm -hmm. he didn't get a lot of offers in free agency obviously as he came back to no. us very late in the process Super talented guy, mm -hmm. incredible athlete. Yeah, you know, and it, I just think that we have guys right now, and I hate to use the word, but the fact is, we are an underachieving football team. Yeah, and we have a lot of individuals who are underachieving. We are an underachieving defense for, for sure. Sure, put it on that. Up, up until Sunday, yes. we were an and that's where the focus when I'm yeah. talking about. This. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I know our offense had a bad game. Yeah. Like teams, good offenses. There, do it. It happens in the NFL. They have yes. duds. Yeah, we had a dud. We had, we're still top in all, almost every category offensively. Total offense, seventh in scoring, first in rushing, 11th on third downs, third in sacks allowed, 14th in turnovers, 12th in the red zone, second in big plays, 12th in yards per play. We are an upper echelon offense mm -hmm. with our backup quarterback. No, this is about the defense. There isn't a single green on this sheet. There are three reds. For a team that was supposed to be, you know, we're talking preseason, we want to be number one. Well, that requires... Not only talent, that requires incredible dedication. Like, I know different people are wired differently, but I know you, I know me, anything that we're tasked with, like, we're going to put our all into it. And I think this is 
the highest stakes game there is in the world. Mm -hmm. You get paid a ton of money and the glory. Like people who win Super Bowls, they wear those rings around a lot mm -hmm. for a reason because it meant something to them. They accomplished yeah. something. And I feel like we have an opportunity here to accomplish something. I think this is a very good football team that when Deshaun gets back, considering what our offense has been before Deshaun, that if we put ourselves in a position, we have, we're a team that can get hot and be a team of great consequence. There's no reason why this team doesn't have the talent to go into, if we get into the dance, to win the dance. We can. But, like, we got to get there. And it's got to be important to you. It's got to mean something. It's got to be your lifestyle. Like, for this portion of the year, your lifestyle is, how can I be the best football player I can be? How can I be sure that I'm the one who not only doesn't make the mistakes when it's my name is called or they come at me, it's I'm the one who makes the plays. Yeah, I mean, you think about, if you think of the great ones, whether it's Ed Reed and the stories of his preparation, Peyton Manning and the stories of the preparation, the Hoff, the Hoff and the stories of his preparation, like, um, it's all there. There's an accountability to it. And, um, you know, that's for this team, it's going to have to come from somewhere. I love these comments from John Johnson. I like somebody saying it. I think it's great. Now, will people follow him? I don't know. When you say these things, it can go one of two ways. Either people follow him, they get in line, they go, you know what? I'm not enough. Or they go, oh, man, what's he know? I'm just keep doing what I'm doing, and the thing goes off the rails. And you have to acknowledge both those things are in play. So this is where we're at. It's a crossroads. It was a crossroads Sunday. We're still in it. They can go one way or another. I don't think there's a middle. I don't. And you know? Look, if we if we go 2-0, and we're right back in it. We're atop the AFC. Well, that's North. right. If again. we go 0-2, it's your goose is cooked. Yeah. If you go 1-1, one and one, you can have You're some, probably still in the conversation. But I even think if it's one and one, it's got to look a certain way. For sure. And For you sure. can't have what – it's got to be in a different way, one and one. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's something that has to happen over the next two games. And there, yep. it's going to be a very, very tough challenge talking about Baltimore and Cincinnati. Hey, Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life, not laundry. Tide Cleaners offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of October. Be entered to win four VIP Browns tickets for an upcoming home game. Just mention promo code BROWNS. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Some exclusions on those may apply. You'll hear from Jacoby Brissett coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And the Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams. You transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like situation. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors, my friends. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts. They're factory trained. You get 500 bucks off. You get your next custom bath or shower model if you give them a call right now at 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. Simple as that. They have the largest selection of bath projects. They're all made right here in America. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Superior products with expert installers at the Bath Authority, 216-220-8399. And now here's your quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, at the podium. Where do you see when you look at that? Playing really well. Playing at a really high level. Uh, a lot of obviously a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Uh, a lot of guys that understand the system, flying around, making a lot of plays, and, and uh, see a really tough group. Is that any harder, or maybe a little easier, to put last week out of mind and focus on a divisional rivalry? Such a big game. Yeah, I think I think that's our mindset. Um, 
you know, we're, we're spending all our time focusing on the Ravens this week and uh, not worrying about last week because it's over. Uh, and, and um, yeah, so we're excited about this one. Chicago, do you see any consistent uh, issues problem-wise with, with the offense in, this la in these last three games, or is it like a different issue every week? Uh, no, I mean, our focus is moving forward. Uh, you know, we, we've uh, addressed a lot of those issues internally, and, and um, so it's about moving forward. We've got a big week ahead of us, and, and our, all of our focus needs to be on that. Jacoby, the guy said you stepped up and said something after the game. Just what kind of makes, you know, what made you do that? Uh, it was just one of those moments where uh, something needed to be said by somebody, and, and uh, uh, as the quarterback, as the leader of this team, uh, I felt the liberty to do that, and uh, yeah. It sounded like a lot of guys appreciated that. You know, they really took it to heart. Does that mean even more when guys are, you know, listening to what you're saying? Uh, I mean, I only do it because I hope people's listening, because I, I need to hear it myself, you know. So uh, uh, ho hopefully it, it translates, and I think it, it will. I think it has. Um, guys understand the urgency that we need to play with and, and focus with, uh, with this week of preparation, and, uh, you know, that's the mindset. How many times have you done that in your career? Uh, a couple of times. So I was, I was prepared. <laughs> Whether it's personally or as a team, how do you guard against your confidence being shaken when you go through a three game? Uh, the only way is up. So I think that's the mindset to have. And, uh, and, and that's the, the mindset we're taking. And, and listen, we've done a lot of good stuff throughout, throughout this year. So uh, not taking away from that. But uh, it's just about this week, and, and whatever we can do to find find a way for this week is is our mindset, and that's what uh, Kev has been preaching us, and, and uh, that's what we're taking forward. When you talk, talk about that post-game speech, you took ownership of your mistakes, you told us. Did, did other guys do the same thing that they stand as uh, I'll keep that private. Uh, some things uh, don't need to be repeated. Uh, obviously, I said that because I was the one speaking for myself, and I won't speak for other people. So. Uh, other than that, I'll just keep those things internal. Jacoby, you got two division games coming up, so I'm mean, just talking about the importance of those. And is it like a bit of a reset on the season with three division games? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the score is zero zero right now for Sunday. So um, that's what that's our mindset. Uh, you know, we only got one right now, so that's our focus is is taking care of this one, and and it, and it starts today. I know every game's important. Is there more of an emphasis on the division game? Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. It's definitely a def different type of level of focus that, that needs to be taken. Uh, you hope it's not, but it's, it's the reality of it sometimes. And uh, like I said, th this team deserves our full attention. Their pass defense isn't ranked very high right now, but they also have eight interceptions, which I think is like tied for third in, in the NFL. So do you have to be uh, super careful and wary about those guys running around? Uh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I've been told a long time ago that stats are for losers, you know, and, and uh, when you turn on the film, you see a bunch of guys that are ball hawks, uh, guys playing at a high level. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely a, a, another level of, of focus on uh, execution and, and focus on, on my part in decision making and uh, and putting the team in the right position. In all four of these losses, collectively as a team, you guys, it seems like you're beating yourselves. It's like you just you haven't been so I guess, is there a little solace in that, knowing that if you guys can eliminate your mistakes and just kind of do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, you're, you're going to win games? Uh, yeah, the, the, that, that's the whole thing. It's just at least let the other team beat us, you know. And, and um, the mindset is that, like you said, we have beaten ourselves a lot in, in these games. But 
um, is to, to eliminate those and then just see where the results uh, lie. Um, and that starts today with our preparation and, and being uh, and understanding the plan and, and how we're attacking this team and, and going going forward. With the division still up for grabs, can you kind of just seize on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, honestly, it's another game in the NFL, uh, which is a treat in itself. Uh, versus a, a very good team, uh, that's another reason. Uh, versus a division opponent, another reason. Uh, needing to win is another, you know. So it's a, it's a bunch of reasons why we need to be ready to go this week, and uh, I think the guys understand that. Couple of your throws downfield. Just seemed like the timing was off. The first interception, the, the ball to Najoki down the sideline. Um, when you went back and watched the, the 32, yeah, the 32, he stopped. He kind of came back for it. Um, just when you watch those on film, um, do your eyes like open, really open up when you see like what could have been on those plays? Uh, yeah, for sure. Because uh, a lot of those are, or like obviously the pick was too early, you know, it was, it was no need for that. Uh, so, yeah, getting better this week. You don't have to face him and you don't have to tackle him. How amazed are you sometimes by what Lamar can do out there, given that you're in that same situation a lot of times and see what he sees? Yeah, uh, the Browns are in a better place without me tackling him, so <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, uh, definitely, I mean, Grew up knowing about him, obviously, because it's from like some of the similar uh, neighborhood, uh, not neighborhood, but city, surrounding city. Uh, and obviously played against him in college and, and seeing how he's elevated his game every year. Uh, you know, the things that he's done is, is special. I mean, nobody in this league can do what he does. Uh, so it's definitely uh, a fan to watch is nice, but hopefully not this week. Did you, did you wonder if it would translate when you saw him in college? Uh, no, because he was just doing it at such a high level. I mean. The same players in college come to the NFL, you know, so um, the same guys that couldn't tackle him in college can't tackle him now. So, uh, I mean, it's obviously a lot of fun to watch him play, and he makes a lot of plays and some things that you just can't prepare for. Uh, and uh, that's what makes him unique and special. And um, like I said, being from South Florida, always uh, knowing about him and seeing him play. And, and uh, so, yeah. Did he put some spin moves on you guys? He did a number on us for sure. I won't. <laughs> Hopefully none of my ex-teammates are watching this, but yeah, he definitely did something. What did you see from the Ravens' run defense going up against Saquon? Uh, I think I think they're stout. I think they're a very very stout group. They got a lot of a lot of veteran guys in that front. Obviously some younger guys too, but uh, I think their leadership comes from their older guys, uh, guys that have played a lot of football, and and I think those guys uh, play well in unison together. And um, and not just their front, but their backers and, and those guys and how, those, how their safeties play off of it. it uh, I think they do well when they, they're playing together for sure. Can you, when you watch film, they obviously have respect for all of your opponents, but can you see if a team's vulnerable when you're like watching them on film? And they've, they've had a couple of games where they, like you guys, have you know, struggled to finish. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say you definitely, you pick up on things that you want to exploit when you go out and play, so I won't tell you what, it, what I think they, those are, but uh, but definitely, I think. But I think they honestly, I think they're a really good defense. Um, you know, it's very little vulnerability in that group because of the guys that they have playing that have played a lot of football, that have been in that system for a while and played with each other. So they obviously understand each other and, and the mindset of their defense. So uh, it, it's going to be a tough task. Hey, since the NBA season started, just curious, when uh, when did you kind of give up your hoop dreams? Ah, uh, when, when six eight point guards were doing <laughs> what I was doing, I, I gave that up a long time ago.
still a fan, though? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, I'll watch. He's so dang likable. He is, and he's played yeah. really great. Last week, yes, obviously, he was not uh, the best of it, uh, but but by and large, he's been very, very good in the role that he is in. Yeah. Um, you see this uh, the social media post from the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, you showed me the Oilers logo. I don't get Odd it. Odd thing to do, right? Are they wearing those uniforms? It feels like they're teasing that they're going to wear those uniforms. Can they? They can. They own them. It's it's probably. I think we were the first to do it. Gibby could probably answer that, but I think we were the first to say actually we're going to keep the Browns the here. Intellectual property. Right? Cleveland stays yeah. here. Others have followed, like the Sonics followed this model. So like Sean Kemp and all of that that belongs to Seattle. It does not belong to Oklahoma City. But Tennessee putting up the Oilers logo. Like who in Tennessee wants to see that? I mean, you've been the Happy Titans for a long time. Coming. You've they're played. Not, they're not playing Houston. No, they're playing in Indy. Right. Like, they've had success. They've been to a Super Bowl with the Titans. They've been the Titans for a long time. It's just weird to me that you would – I don't know who you're – I would think you're alienating your own Tennessee fans from Nashville at the expense of trolling Houston. They're cool unis. They're gorgeous, yeah. Yeah. They they should be. The Houston Houston Oilers should wear them. Connor's showing me – is that the website for the Titans? It, the the header on the Titans is Oilers slash Titans homecoming. Oh, they're probably bringing like Oilers fans to Nashville or Oilers players. Alumni. Right? And they're going to wear the Oilers Since, logo. But what need? does anybody from Nashville care about Nothing Warren Moon? I agree. But like sent that the, the team. It's beautiful. It's, a, it's one of the big flaws in American pro sports that, that we would take the history away from cities. Like, thank God we did it right. Can you imagine if we were the – Cleveland guitars and we were and you're on Twitter and all of a sudden you see the the Baltimore Ravens, Ravens are going do a homecoming and it's a arch and they're going to wear Jim the Brown, Brown, and they're and gonna, gonna wear the Browns unis and they're going to honor Bernie at halftime come home to Baltimore what yeah that's crazy it's nuts we need to figure out more of what this is it's an incredible anger towards the Adams family towards the city of Houston for not getting them a new dome yeah. and a new stadium. That's yeah. really what it comes down to and they're very petty about it to the point they won't even let them have that blue. Like they own that specific shade of blue and they won't let them even use it. And you could just use another baby blue. Sure. But it feels like it's contentious like Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. Well, I want I that's worth 15 minutes, so I didn't want to get into it right now. Because it it's it's amazing. So I I really wanted. There's a lot going on there that I want to get into. Yeah, a lot from um, the owners' meetings. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, like that's an easy. We can do 15 on that in our sleep. Oh, that's baby. how fun that is. Um, but yeah, I don't get it. Not not a good look out of out of them. I don't know who it's appealing to. Who who is looking forward to that? So much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Catch the Browns preview show tonight, 7 to 8, University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Ethan Posick going to join the boys. Jim Donovan as well. Mm. Ken and Gerard on the program tonight. This out of New Orleans. They've ruled out Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, Andrus Pete, and Adam Trotman for their Thursday night game against Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins back for that one? Yeah, yes. and back idea. in a big way. They're expecting big, big things. Uh, Panthers designate Sam Darnold to return from IR. Mm. Oh, they suck. Yep. Melvin Gordon going to start for Denver. There what? you go. Zigura. 
Nathaniel Hackett said Melvin Gordon's going to start. He also said he didn't do anything wrong. He had three <laughs> carries last week. But they might not have Russ because he's got the hammy. Oh, so yeah. who knows? Not that that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and Bill Done Belichick with. took seven minutes and over 1,000 words to praise the Chicago Bears today um, in his press conference. Greatest filibuster I've ever seen. It's Done. unbelievable. It is after Trestle makes the comments of, I hope that – or the, the Gordon gave me the comments about Trestle during Tatgate. I hope the coach doesn't fire me. Trestle's next availability was this before the spring game. He showed up in an Hawaiian shirt for a one-hour availability. He talked for 52 minutes without fielding a question. He went over every player on the roster for 52 Love it. minutes. Love it. You got three questions, and he was out. He was fired about two months later, but it was a hell of a play. Amazing. Yeah, it was really impressive to be there. I just went, what is – everyone's looking around going, what is he doing? Why is he talking about the fourth tight end? He went over an 83, 85-man roster. It's crazy. Next level coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.